At the top of the service during our Advent reading, Nikki read these words for us. For most of us, life is a twisting path. Life is a twisting path. Each week, uh, several of us gather during the week, and this group of people talk about our upcoming uh, worship services. We talk about song selections, we talk about the various prayers and the order of the worship, and sometimes we toss around a new idea or two as we gather. And we've been talking a lot in those meetings uh, about how to make this service a little bit more participatory. We want this service to feel like a partnership between all of us that are gathered here on Sunday mornings. We want people to come in to feel like they've been contributing to our communal experience. We want you to feel like this is a place where you can come and give of yourself in whatever way you can and that you belong here. We want you to feel like the people that are sitting around you know you and that they love you. And so one of those new ideas that came up in these conversations was this short time of discussion that we had during the passing of the peace this morning. And it's not really that new of an idea for those of you that have been here for a little while. We used to do it pretty regularly uh, before COVID hit. And I do want to make clear that all my life, by the way, I have felt awkward when somebody makes me talk to somebody else. So I feel the pain for those of you that are a little bit more introverted, and I apologize for that. And if you want to come see me after the service, I can tell you exactly who you can blame for this. <laughs> but our hope is that in this brief moment of discussion, that you had a couple of opportunities. We hope that it gave you an opportunity to actually think to reflect for a moment on what God is doing in your life, to where God is giving you peace on your own twisting paths. And we hope that it gave you an opportunity to share what God is doing in your life with somebody around you. And we hope it gave you an opportunity maybe even to meet somebody new, maybe to welcome somebody if you've been here for a while, maybe to welcome somebody new. I actually got to welcome the very newest a one-week-old member of this community. So that was a big blessing for me. So we came up with this idea, this idea to have you talk to each other and to share. And so we gathered this week, and we were trying to figure out what exactly would be a good question for this time of discussion. And we found it in the Advent reading, in that statement about twisting paths. How do you find peace? How do you find God's shalom in the midst of your own twisting path? My answer is that I find shalom uh, at the table with my friends and my family and in the outdoors, and it's an extra bonus if the table is full of food and in the outdoors. That's where I find peace. And I thought we nailed that question, and we quickly moved on to the next topic of conversation. What I really failed to notice, though, in that moment was that my own path in life right now is rather twisty and turny. We'd settled the question and I was ready to take the next turn. I wasn't really actually thinking about where I find peace. Now, most of my twists and my turns in my life right now are good things. There's some hard things, but there's nothing that's really life-altering. So it's not exactly that I'm in a rough place, 
But I do have to give a lot of different things, a lot of attention and a lot of energy and a lot of resources, and it can get a little tiring. Now, I won't bore you with the details of everything that happened this week, but I'll tell you that I've had to do a whole lot of paperwork. I've had to go to many, many meetings. Uh, we've done Christmas decorations, Elf on a Shelf, and there was an issue with the water heater. The little elf did not break the water heater, I think, but the water heater did break. And so by the time that I sat down to write this sermon on Thursday morning, I realized that I had one, yet, uh, one more part on that water heater that I still needed to replace. Before I knew it, it was Thursday evening. And while I finally sat down and realized how twisty my path is this week, I also realized that the sermon had yet to find a path. I had no energy, I had scattered thoughts, and it looked like it was going to be a rough Sunday morning. And so what did I do? I did just about what any normal American person would do, and I procrastinated a little bit more. It wasn't actually too bad. Instead of starting to write the sermon, I decided to visit our daily Advent um, devotional that we have online. I'd missed a couple of days with all the stuff that I was doing. And so I opened up our Advent calendar. And our word on Thursday was perfect. It was absolutely perfect for where I found myself. The word on Thursday was the word guidance. And the scripture that was paired with this word was from Psalm 25. The psalmist says, make me know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. And the meditation on that day was perfect. So I sat for a minute and I sat quietly and I considered this meditation for a little while and I want to share that meditation with you this morning. And so I invite you to make yourself open. We're going to have a little time of quiet, a little time of prayer, and I'm going to read to you this meditation and I invite you uh, to relax, to notice the senses of this room around you, maybe to close your eyes if you like and begin to notice what it is and where it is that you are to notice the chair that is underneath you, to notice the weight of the floor that's beneath your feet, and to breathe deep, to notice the sounds of a room that's full of people, and listen to these words. Sit in stillness. Breathing deeply. Invite clarity into your heart. With each breath, imagine yourselves at a crossroads where every direction is shrouded in mist. Feel a gentle nudge from within guiding you not toward the easiest path, but toward the one that will make your soul grow. Amen. It's pretty good, right? I want to encourage you again that if you haven't checked out our AHUMC daily devotionals, please do. Uh, they're on the website, and they are really, really good. So I took that moment 
on Thursday evening to procrastinate, but also to meditate. And in that meditation, I uh, found where I was. And so hopefully here this morning, we have found where we are. Our passage from Isaiah this morning comes a little bit before the passage that we read last week. In that passage last week, the people had already begun to return home from an exile, and they were going about the work of recovery. And our passage this week comes a little bit earlier in that story. The, the book of Isaiah, you can think of it as a book with three different acts. Last week, we were in Act 3. This week, we read from the opening lines of Acts 2. And it's in Acts 1 that Isaiah really begins the book with a pronouncement of judgment. It's the first 39 chapters of Isaiah where he pronounces that both the northern and the southern kingdoms are going to face justice for uh, judgment for injustice and for unfaithfulness. And so both of these kingdoms risk judgment that comes in the form of a foreign army. And we know that that judgment does indeed come, that the northern kingdom was destroyed by Assyria, Assyria, and about 140 years later, the southern kingdom is destroyed by Babylon. And the people of Israel are forced to migrate. They're removed from their homes and they're taken into exile. In Acts 2, the second act of Isaiah, comes after years in this exile. In this scene, a divine council has gathered, waiting for God to speak. This divine council is waiting to hear whether God declares that there is yet to be more punishment or if relief will finally be coming for the people. So there's this moment of anticipation, and then God speaks, and God says, comfort Oh, comfort for my people, says the old God. Speak tenderly to my people. And so the people are finally going to return home. And speaking of twisting paths, the way home from this exile was not exactly an easy road. The road from Babylon to Jerusalem is a road that is long and hard. It's mostly a desert road. It goes through terrible mountains. It's got steep canyons, and it's got all of the threats that come with the wilderness. But in this moment, and in this declaration, in this divine counsel, God says, in the wilderness, prepare the way. Make straight a desert and our highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up and every mountain made low. Uneven ground will become level. And rough places, a plain. And just as God had led people through the desert before in the story of the Exodus, so would God lead these people again. God would lead these people again home and towards the shalom that they had been promised. Last week, we also mentioned that in this Advent season, we expect to hear stories about angels heralding this Christ child, that we hear stories about shepherds that gather around this child. And the strange thing, though, about this gospel of Mark that we find ourselves in is that Mark does not include any of these stories. Mark is not concerned with Jesus's birth. For Mark, the beginning of the story isn't really the beginning of Jesus' life. In fact, Jesus shows up as a full-grown adult. 
And even so, Jesus does not have the first word in this gospel. This gospel opens up with its title, The Beginning of the Good News of Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God. And then Mark begins this gospel with Isaiah's announcement, this announcement of peace and comfort. I will send my messenger ahead of you, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. For Mark, the beginning of the good news is this announcement, this announcement of a way being made home, this announcement of homecoming. But the climax of Isaiah's prophetic speech isn't just that the way home has been made. The pinnacle of this oracle is that something else is happening. If we remember this little piece in Isaiah's passage, then this passage in Mark really opens up. Isaiah says, You who bring good news to Zion, who bring good news to Jerusalem, do not be afraid and say to the towns of Judah, Here is your God. Here is your God. The beginning of the good news of Jesus the Messiah is an announcement of homecoming. It is an announcement that exiles will be able to return home. It's an announcement that those who follow this Messiah will be led into peace. But it's also about who else is coming home. For Mark and for John the Baptist And for those that read this gospel, for you and I today, the announcement is that God is coming home. Here is your God, says Isaiah. Here is your God, says John. Here is your God, says Mark. Your God is here. The presence of Christ is where your God is found, and that presence is is here. And so, friends, the invitation is to prepare the way. God is home. God is here in this very place, in this very world, in the midst of pain and loss. God is home in a strange land. God is home in the exile. God is home in a wilderness and a desert experience. God is home here and now. And our problem is that we usually don't remember that. Advent reminds us that even as we wait for the culmination of all of creation, that the divine is already here. Isaiah and John and Mark ask us to prepare ourselves for this constant homecoming through this practice of repentance, through what is called metanoia in the Greek language. This word metanoia means to change your heart, to change your mind. And so this Advent season, friends, prepare the way. Change your mind. When your twisting path twists an ankle, when you find pain, when you witness the suffering that is in this world around us, when you feel alone and exiled and like you are far from home, when it seems that God is nowhere near and that all the news is bad, change your mind. Remember that there is good news. That your God is here. Here is your God. Here in this place. Here is your God in this community. Here is your God in this world. Amen.